Today on the Sam Sorbo Show, what is workforce development and who's making the call? Truth and Lies in American Education is a new film we'll be talking about. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. Hi, this is Sam Sorbo. I want to invite you all to join me at the Playbook for Home Learning Conference put on by Underground Education. There's a new community that started online called the Underground Education Community. You can find it by going to samsorbo.com. You can also find all the information about the conference, about how to approach education with your kids. Times are hard for parents right now. There's a lot going on in the schools that we don't like. But I'll tell you something, home learning is easier than you ever thought it could be and more fun than you ever imagined. So join me at the Your Playbook for Home Learning Conference this June 24-25 in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and we're going to have a great time. Go to samsorbo.com for more information on everything. I'll see you there. Welcome back to the Sam Sorbo Show. So my guest is Sherry Few. I've known Sherry for... Wow, Sherry, I've known you for quite a while, actually. We met at a conference, uh, education policy conference, actually, years ago, which strangely was sort of less focused on education, but what the people who went became very educated just by going to the conference. I, so it was weirdly named. But anyway, Sherry's been in education and been fighting for parents' rights and for on behalf of children, children's rights, I should say. In fact, Sherry, and we're talking about her film, the the latest film, which is called Truth and Lies in American Education, and you can go to truthandliesfilm.us. But I was going to tell you, Sherry, I wrote a a short op-ed the other day called The Greatest Heist in U.S. History. No, The Greatest Heist in Human History. And I talk about the fact that the school is robbing the parents of the parental relationship with their child. And robbing children of their relationship with their parents. And that the fact is that the parents are collaborators in this. They're actually, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a legal term for it that's not coming to me, but it means collaborator. Somebody who, they're, they're complicit in the theft, even though it's a theft that's, that's perpetrated against themselves. It's a very... It's a very odd and fascinating uh, kind of dynamic that I feel like I've uncovered because they don't even know that it's happening. They think that they're getting some value in dropping their kids off. And so we started this conversation with the fact that all of this money is is being printed by the government and going to the schools to indoctrinate children away from their parents and, and their parents' um, traditional values, say. But it's even more than that. Like that's sort of like the slap in the face, the insult that that makes the injury sting more. But the injury is really foundational. What do you say to that? I I agree with you, Sam. And so um, I think even in the film, when we interview, I love it was part of our trailer where you talk about how the school is driving a wedge between the parent and the child. And that's absolutely what's happening. And again, I believe this is an intentional agenda. Um, they, you know, we've even heard comments around the country. If you look at, you know, the the um, gubernatorial candidate in Virginia who said that parents uh, shouldn't have any say in their children's education, and of course he <laughs> lost that election because of that ridiculous comment. And you know, we flipped the whole state because of of his uh, awkward statement. 
But but this is the attitude of many of the, the leaders in the schools. And, you know, even several years ago when we were fighting Common Core, I remember I went to the State Board of Education to testify. I was signing up to testify. There were a couple of young teachers ahead of me and they were talking to one another. And one of them said to the other one, she said, if you're not a teacher, I don't think you have any say in this matter. And I looked at her and I said, really? <laughs> what about a parent? Does a parent not have any say in their children's education? But this is the attitude. You're either a part of the system or you're a part of the problem. And so, again, I believe it's an intentional agenda. And, you know, the and, and let's point out it's a dictatorial system. So if you're if you don't agree, if you're even if you're a teacher, but you disagree with the agenda, you're out, which is, you know, totalitarian in nature. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, so then you're labeled anti-public education, which, you know, to tell you the truth, that's sort of a badge of honor <laughs> because it's become so ridiculous. And so you mentioned the educational policy conferences. Well, the things that I learned there, I I'd probably go back 20 years going to those conferences. And it was such an eye opener to me. And I would come back um, to South Carolina and talk to people about the things I'd learned. And I was definitely the tinfoil hat lady. But everything that I learned out there has come to fruition. It is so blatantly in your face now. And one of the big issues that um, I learned from Donna Hearn, and of course, um, she passed away about six months after we were able to interview her for our documentary. She's such a wonderful, brilliant woman when it comes to education policy. She worked in the uh, Reagan administration um, in the Department of Education. Yeah, if for no other reason, people should see the film just to get a little bit of a glimpse of that, because she she really was a, a powerful force and uh, she does a great job in your film. Uh, and I'm so glad you got her in there. Yes, yes, me too. It was essential because she's the one who sounded the alarm about the workforce development form of education, which is alive and well in every school in the country. So yeah, you, you need know, to define that. Absolutely. For the, for That's the audience here. So workforce development sounds great, right? Doesn't everybody want their kid to be ready for the workforce? Well, it's not so great because what it is, is a scheme by the federal government to control the economy. So what they've done is they've set up regional workforce boards all over the country where several states come together in a region and the board includes educators and the business community. And then these individuals decide what the job needs are going to be for that region in the next 10 years. So think about how ridiculous that is for a moment. You can't predict. I mean, how could we have predicted where we'd be with technology, you know, 10, 15 years ago? Not so, only that, who are the idiots who are making these calls? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, technological wizard and scientists. We're talking about bureaucrats, idiots who accidentally got appointed to a job, you know? Right, right. And not only that, then you've got the business sector involved and that they're only interested in meeting their own needs, which is pigeonholing kids into, you know, factories and corporations and whatever their needs are. You know, the Chamber of Commerce has really been a villain in all of this. You know, they were pro common core and they're interested in education only for their own needs and not in the best interest of children. So what happens is a child in fifth and sixth grade is surveyed. And so they're very young and they're surveyed. And based on the survey, they determine what career field that child should be in. 
So then from there, they all of their courses are aligned with that career field. When they enter high school, they have to declare a major like we used to do in college, but it's in ninth grade now, and your major is your career field, and all of your courses align to that, and in some instances, they're even doing away with diplomas and just providing a certificate um, of mastery in this one career field. So then that child is stuck in that one career field. Instead of teaching classical core right. academics Ability. and developing developing a child to learn how to think, not what to think. This is what they're doing. In addition to everything else we discussed with the indoctrination. So it's, it's really like, destructive. It's, yes, it's destructive because it's very limiting. It's sort of like whole word reading. When they implemented that, they, they sold us that it was the newfangled methodology, even though it was completely untested. And what they realized after the fact, although I'm sure that they knew this going in, is that the end result was that it severely limited the child's ability to read. And so this idea that that you take this newfangled technologically, you know, uh, advanced development thing and apply it to education, but it ends up severely limiting the children. They're doing it now in workforce development. So they've got this highfalutin, you know, we're, we, we know the future, we're designing for the future. And so we're going to help your child fit in. That's the whole, you know, conformity is as the highest good in this system. Um, we're going to help your child do that. And in fact, the end result is, again, the putting severe limitations on the abilities of the child. And so the child is only prepared to do one thing, <laughs> like you got one job and can't do anything else. And I talked about this. Um, I was at an, a, a quick event last night and uh, I gave a very short little uh, speech about um, it was it was actually to promote my conference, but what I talked about was the idea of creativity and just briefly, the U S government discovered that the pilots who got shot down and the spies who got caught typically were the best and the brightest, the best of the best, which is not what you would think. You, you train them to be the best. They shouldn't be the ones that get shot down or the, or the spies that get caught. But in fact, what turned out was the best of the best are the people who perform well on the tests. They learn the book by heart. They know exactly what they're supposed to do. And when they do the thing they're supposed to do and it doesn't work, they go into failure mode because they have no other ideas because their creativity has been squashed to the point of dis de de debilitation. And so they get caught or they, got sh they get shot down. Whereas the mediocre kids who go through the program they're like scrappy. Their creativity is still a little bit intact. And, uh, and so they survive. And it's an amazing thing. Workforce development is really the application of, of that false ideology that, that somehow by limiting the scope of the education of a child, you will produce a robot that can perform a task. And of course, that's their that's their goal. They want robots. So what do people learn when they watch this film? And, and ultimately, what is your goal 
I mean, you spent a long time. You guys put a lot of money into this and a lot of effort. And by the way, let's not bury the lead here. The the uh, the lead cast member in the film is Sherry's own daughter-in-law, April Few, who did really a remarkable job um, playing, basically playing an audience member in the sense of, you know, I just wanted to find out more. Sherry told me a couple things that just didn't didn't seem realistic. She was the tinfoil hat lady, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so April said, OK, let me just go on a search and talk to people. And you teamed up with Joaquin, who is a producer on the film. He did a film called Indoctrination years ago. That's how I met him. And that's how I know him. And uh, he's he's just aces. He he and he did an amazing job on this film. Um, what do you, what's the takeaway? What are you hoping for from this movie? Well, our goal is to have it distributed widely so that every American who's interested and, and those who may not even know that these things are happening will become informed and then take action. Because after you realize how bad it is, as I mentioned earlier, it's ultimately about our country's freedom. So it's not just for parents of kids in government schools, although we want to certainly inform them. And, and we recommend that they do anything but put their kids in government school today. Um, they need to understand. And, and we want to grow a grassroots army across the country. Our organization right now has 20 state chapters and we're growing rapidly because of the things that are in the culture now that are being exposed about government schools. But once they see this film, I think that everyone's going to understand the urgency of the matter. And so we want to have a, a chapter in every state and grow this grassroots army. And why that's important is our goal as an organization is to end the Federal Department of Education and all federal education mandates, because we understand that that's where the most most of the nefarious pedagogy comes from. Again, incentivized by federal dollars, which is what we started out the show talking about with the federal funding. And, and even though the federal government only controls on average about 10% of each state's education budget, they actually control 100% of the classroom. So we're working on projects where we're trying to get states to begin to wean themselves off the federal dole. And then on the national level, once we have um, control of Congress again and, and a, a Republican president, we hope to really push to close the Department of Ed. So with our state chapters, uh, the people that are involved are like-minded. They understand the urgency of the issues. And so we hope that the film will impact people so that they will go to our website, uh, that's uspi.org, and join the movement. And once they join the movement, we can connect them with other people in their state who are like-minded so we can all work together to put an end to this um, indoctrination of children in American schools. Yeah, so you, you know, I've stopped calling it indoctrination. It's just child abuse, full, full stop, plain and simple. There you go. That, that's very good. I, I like that. And so indoctrination has been a word that I hadn't used as frequently as I have lately. So maybe I need to step it up like you and call it what it really is, child abuse. Well, if you think about it, indoctrination is the, the inst the instilling of a doctrine and a doctrine is a worldview. And so the indoctrinate, like I, I've indoctrinated my children in the proper worldview. Right. They're indoctrinating children in a different worldview. So it's, it's almost that's sort of their job. 
um, it's it's just they're they're doing such a poor job of it because what because their worldview is antithetical to our worldview and to freedom and to America and and all of that. And so they're actively working against the United States of America. And that's what has to be stopped. And I, I so support you on your position on the Department of Education. Um, and, you know, this pedagogy has gone. It's it started in our teaching institutions. Now all the teachers have been indoctrinated with it. And so now even on the school level, like like you can take out the head and you're going to still struggle because the people look, the people who are choosing the textbooks are choosing very bad textbooks on purpose because they believe that those textbooks that are very bad are somehow good because their definition of good and bad is completely different than yours and my definition of good and bad, Sherry. And, uh, and I think that's that's where we, you know, that's what we have to understand. So, so everybody should go to uspi.org. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Uspi.org. But first go and watch the movie because I think you'll also be uplifted because you'll, you'll, you'll see that there's a light at the end of this very dark tunnel. And, um, and that is the home education movement. Absolutely. Yes. And of course it's grown, as you know, leaps and bounds recently and, and even in the minority community, I understand that about 41% of the growth is with uh, Black families. So, you know, it, it, like Common Core, if you recall, um, when we were fighting Common Core, we were accused of being, um, what did they call us, uh, sub, suburb moms or something like that. Suburban white moms. That's what they accused all the people. Oh, that's that right. Common Core. But with critical race theory, if you see the explosive videos all over Facebook, it's it's uh, black families, Hispanic families, uh, Asian families. Nobody's happy with what's te- what's being taught now, and that's why the movement has grown so strongly. And it is a beacon of hope. And and parents are getting their kids out. And that's what the storyline in the film is about. You referred to my daughter-in-law, April. So April is um, a young millennial. She's married to my youngest son and has uh, they've blessed me with two precious grandchildren. And so when she first started working for US Pi, I, had, I, I gave her required reading because if she was going to work for our organization, she needed to understand the issues. Of course. So she started reading and, you know, thought, oh, my gosh, this sounds crazy. How did I not know all this? But she learns along the way. And that's the storyline of the film is her um, study and interviewing the experts and learning for herself what the truth is and deciding to homeschool my grandchildren because she could she says there's no way in the world she could entrust these government schools to the upbringing of her children. Right. And God bless her for that. And uh, hey, send her down to my conference. She'll learn. She'll learn a thing or two, maybe, Um, although she already knows a lot, clearly. And you can know a lot, too, if you go see the movie Truth and Lies in American Education. Just go to truthandliesfilm.us and that'll do it for us. Sherry Few, thank you so much for coming on the program. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo. This is the Sam Sorbo Show.